You're listening to Crack Magazine from Top Boy Live, a day of talks and workshops supporting the next generation of British talent in film, TV, music and beyond. I'm Kazawa Nunkenyan, Crack's podcast host. To celebrate our issue 129 cover story and the new season 2 of the show on Netflix, we recorded some highlights from the day. How do you tell the story of an inner city London estate without compromising on authenticity and honesty? For Top Boy, the answer lies in the music. Since the first episode went out over 10 years ago, Top Boy has established itself as a unique force in British culture, changing TV culture by tapping into music culture. This wasn't achieved just through making actors out of stars like Kano, Dave and Little Sims. Music is the lifeblood of the show setting pace, building out atmosphere, and making each episode its own experience. For Kobe Adom, who directed two episodes in the latest season, music is an essential requirement for delivering an episode which audiences are going to remember. Look, the music that you hear in Top Boy I listen to, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm rapping from set and I'm slapping on drill. Do you see what I'm saying to you? It's kind of like, I'm 32 now, but... I don't care, do you know what I mean? Like, it reminds me of back in my day when we used to do, like, eight-bar rhythms and, you know, like, a man's spitting and it's the same thing, just a, you know, a modern-day version, so I connect to it. And as a result, I'm listening to people from my hood that nobody knows, and I've slapped it in Top Boy now, do you know what I'm saying to you? So then they're, they're gassed now, thinking, rah, now my song's in Top Boy. There's about, I'd say about four people I know, you know, whose music I listen to consistently that, you know, they, they're known, but they're not known. They're blown, they're not charting. You know, and then to be able to sort of put their, you know, songs or offer up their songs, because it's not a one-man band, like I put it in and people discuss it. And the fact that we've discussed it and a lot of those songs have stayed, you know, in the position that they have in the episodes that are directed shows that the music's good enough. Do you get what I mean? So it's like, for me, music is just, you know, a form of expression. Music is a form of identity. And music, you know, I'm a director. I can shoot a scene and think, yeah, this is sick the way I shot it. And then the music supervisor will cut it up with four different songs and I'm like, that scene is different four times with the same cut, you know what I'm saying to you? Because music is the spiritual aspect of film. That's what it is, like it adds spirit. Like it's like the thing that you can't see where you can feel. That's what music is, you know what I mean? Like, cause sometimes you have to juxtapose as well. You don't want to use the music, the music that's expected. And if you add music, that's the opposite of what's expected. Again, there's another spiritual chemical reaction if you want to call it that I think I'm more into genres and instruments. Like when I speak to my composers, I talk about instruments, right? And how, how we use those to identify characters and how we used to identify communities and using that strategically. So every time this person comes on screen, you hear this kind of instrument. So what does, what does Sully sound like musically? You know what? Sully sounds like, you know, someone who's quite lost in these emotions. Do you know what I mean? You can't really get your hand on what it is. It's kind of borderline psychotic. Do you get what I'm saying to you? And it's kind of like every time he comes on screen, you already see him. It's kind of like he's doing good things for this terrible thing that he's, he's done. Do you see what I'm saying to you? And then it's, it's that conflict, basically. That's the perfect word for someone like Sully. The music has to conflict. Like, you have to get instruments that conflict each other. Do you know what I'm saying to you? Because then you get that uncertainty, if you know what I mean, and then it just brings the whole thing to life. And it's not just about the music which makes it on screen. Playlists are built from the moment the show is greenlit to help establish tone and build a universe of references. 
for British director Mo Ali. Having sounds in the room when scripts are being written helps situate the stories in a time and place. If I'm reading a script that a company or a network has sent to me, I play grime in the background just to kind of like keep me in that mode of creativity. And now what I'm doing now, which is really exciting, is doing projects out on a big streaming networks. I tend to try and get grime music in the background or elements of my kind of previous work in the background as a homage to the great people I've worked with. Um, but the creative process, I play the music that I was hungry and ready to do stuff in, my, in the background while I create. And that kind of reminds me of where I've come and also kind of like somehow drives me forward. I think the relationship with, you know, in, in this scene, the music, it, it's storytelling. They tell stories in their verses, you know, and it's escapism as well. All art form is escapism in some ways. And I think a lot of creatives have come from that scene or this scene. Their starting point is rap or grime or beat production. And that's how our first route of escapism and then branching out to doing, you know, graphics, animation, street art, clothing. It all comes back that spoken word and that kind of beat. I can't remember the BPMs, but that's, that drives everything. And then, then it's the other element of authenticity. I can't say, but authentic expression. And that's what Top Boy has tapped into, is that rhythm and beat, but with authentic kind of verve and honesty, but also it kind of has this kind of um, really beautiful noirish vibe. So yeah, it, it's, it's, it's important. It's, the, it's one of the key DNAs. On the other side of the camera, Top Boy's distinctive acting style has been fashioned in part by the addition of musicians and artists in its cast. For BAFTA-winning actor Michael Wards, who plays Jamie, the presence of artists on set has helped determine the tempo of Top Boy. Without sound and music, you can't fully capture the world. Because within the world, like within the world that we're trying to create, and in the world anyway, music is such a powerful like, um, part of that. So like, it's so important to have, have those things incorporated. I think um, by having um, great musicians on set and realizing, I, I realized a lot by working with Dave last, in the last season and um, working with Kano a lot this, not a lot, but a bit more this season. I never got to work with him in the first one like that. Is that um, the more vulnerable they've been in their music, and this is the same with Sims, the more they can allow themselves to be vulnerable, to allow themselves to elevate within this space, which is such a special thing because what holds people back a lot of the time is like stuff like the fear. You know what I'm trying to say? And then um, when you allow yourself to be hum um, you know, vulnerable, it, it kind of not, not gets rid of that, but it diminishes it a bit. So you can be able to just listen to people and get advice and being able to be directed. Because what I've seen with music as well, it's kind of like a solitary thing. You know, and there's like less voices, whereas with the acting, not with your choices anyway, but with your acting, like to get to the place where you're on set, there's so many choices that need to be made. Mm. You know what I mean? To, from producers to directors to the, um, uh, you know, the, the rest of the wider crew. Um, there's just so many people that need to kind of say, yeah, that's the guy until mm. you can get there. Um, whereas music's not really like that. You kind of build yourself and then people kind of latch on when, yeah. when they do. Um, and I feel like it's such a different art form, but like Sim says as well, at the same time, it's the same thing. Because these people, like Dave, like Kane, or like Sims, they tell stories with their art. 
um, with their other art, which is um, the music, which is just powerful. You get what I'm trying to say? And you relate, and that's the same thing with Top Boy. It's, it's a form of storytelling which you can relate to if you're from that world. But how does getting music on television actually work? Ed Bailey is the music supervisor for Top Boy, having also worked on shows like Moods and Steve McQueen's groundbreaking Small Axe Anthology. There's so many levels to our approach to starting work on a show like, like Top Boy, where we do a lot of world building early on, even at script stage, we like to pull together playlists that we share with the directors and with the producers inspiration playlists you know they're kind of going out on set and it's great to be able to start getting that conversation moving we might be working on this for a year and a half or more so songs will change the playlists will evolve things later down the line will become more scene specific but it's just getting us into that headspace and starting to keep an eye out for when this next season rolls around what talent are we going to want to shine a bit of a spotlight on because we're exciting we're excited that they're kind of coming up and pointing it now and and that's something that top boy i think has always been really great at is kind of celebrating new talent um so we start building that early and getting the sound world down and working on pre-shoot clearances for tracks that might be needed on set like there could be music videos playing on a tv screen and so we we get that stuff done really early but then when it gets more into scene specifics, you know, there's the environmental stuff, there's the stuff that helps a bit of character building because they're listening to it in a car or at home. Um, we're thinking about the scene and being sympathetic to the dialogue and everything that's going on, but maybe being sort of less um, precise about lyrical themes and things like that. It's kind of more about, you know, what what is this character listening to? And then we get more for like montage sequences and and pieces where the music is on is on top and is really helping kind of drive that sequence is where we can further experiment and get into hey like maybe we can get this industrious sequence where you've got um like a a drug dealing operation going on like maybe we could partner this with a more politically Poignant, poignant soul track that's actually going to kind of say something about the sequence and have that bittersweet edge to it that's going to kind of pull people in um, or maybe we try this other thing and we, we experiment and throw things at it and throw things at the picture and see what works um, and then we also then need to sometimes step back and go well maybe actually this should be score maybe this is a moment where we need to be focusing more um, on the delicacy of everything that's going on in picture and not be saying too much with the lyric and, and giving this more Brian or Mikey's way to experiment with how the score could affect the scene. So we've got to kind of keep an open mind to how we approach individual moments. Um, and that's, you know, that's a huge part of the fun and the joy of it all is the experimentation and then taking that forward to the directors and seeing how they respond to those ideas. But one of the things that for us is always super important is whilst we tap into the the world that people see for East London and for Top Boy and for uh, the musical genres that come within it is to also test those boundaries a little bit um, which is why you'll hear soul tracks in there or you might hear like a punk track in there or like a reggae track it's not always you know falling into 
like grime and UK hip hop or trap or you know so it's, it's actually got um, more flex in there so exploring that is something that we always enjoy doing some of the, some of those sort of standout moments in Top Boy which um, in the previous season changed the genre boundaries of what people might expect us doing um, would include the Reckless Eric take the cash cue which is at the beginning of I think episode 5 um, where you know Deshane's been having this kind of identity crisis coming back into London and it's moved on and it's he needs to rebuild and you know he's coming from a dark place as is Sully and and they're getting back on top of their game and, and um, that reintroduction of them as top boy um, it would be quite easy to kind of lean on okay well let's do something musically here which um, people expect or anticipate from a top boy playlist um, but our drive there was actually to go for something that still feels very London um, but actually is kind of talking about you know lyrically that song take the cash it's about the operation it's about the um the drive and the commitment to getting their job done um not not taking favors in kind like making sure that they get the money and then it speaks very directly to that but using a 1979 you know punk recording um and we like you know we like to challenge those things um and and not just kind of go to a default genre within Top Boy and it's what makes the intro so punchy I think to that episode As well as getting iconic and recognisable tracks into Top Boy it's also Ed's job to work with the show's composers to build atmosphere for original music In the case of Top Boy these composers are East London director and composer Michael Asante aka Mikey J and legendary composer Brian Eno who has scored the show since its 2019 revival Brian Eno scores the season and um, and also works with another composer, Michael Asante, who also brings his own um, flavour to it. The the core to what Brian does, which I think is so important to Top Boy, is that he puts you within the environment rather than necessarily always putting you in the action. So you feel like you're on that estate because his music to me is talking to the concrete it's talking to the space that's around you it makes you feel like you're in that zone and then everything that unfolds it kind of puts you in that circle rather than the music forcing you to feel a certain way of like oh this moment's tense so let's have some tense music like he's actually kind of building the ambience of everything that's around it um, obviously we have those moments that need to push um, harder on action or needs to kind of give rises and drops at certain points but Eno has a very unique way of pulling sounds from other spaces to evoke those levels of worry or of fear you can hear some like like deeply affected jungle sounds sometimes like kind of peeking through when there's someone in a prison cell kind of feeling like out of their comfort zone and, and the, the way that he blends different noises that are quite nondescript and are very much within his production um, uh, like his own unique production aesthetic are what give Top Boy its unique fingerprint um, and something which is unmistakably Top Boy, like you listen to that score versus you know something orchestral um, where the score really 
makes a point of itself um, wouldn't feel right in this. And it, and it helps us blend and weave between different sequences really, really beautifully. From Writer's Room Grind playlists through to British New Wave records and atmospheric ambient composition, Top Boy is proof outstanding drama needs outstanding music. And those sounds and stories could come from anywhere. Interested in learning more about getting music on TV? Top Boy's music supervisor, Ed Bailey, has some pointers. So the world of synchronization or sync um, within music is it's like it's the department within labels and publishers where music is promoted for use in film and TV and, and advertising. And there are so many different ways into it. But if you're listening and watching programs and films and thinking, like, I would love to be one of those curators, to be one of those makers who get involved in the process of of pulling these playlists together, of, of pulling the teams together that write the music, that record the music, and helping establish the tone of voice um, for a program and, and that becoming sort of your contribution to it, then some really good gateways are through label jobs um, because you get to meet the clients, basically, the music supervisors, the film producers, the directors that you're um, aspirationally approaching to get them to hopefully listen to and use the music that you represent. It helps you get ingrained within that community, um, knowing who's who and just kind of getting a lay of that land. So the, the sync jobs in film and TV departments at labels and publishers are a really great place to start and they just have you know, a very wide breadth of um, internship opportunities and that kind of thing. There are also a lot more, um, thankfully there's a lot more development schemes going on within music supervision itself um, more directly. So there's a Guild of Music Supervisors, the um, UK and European Guild of Music Supervisors for um, for those territories, and there's a separate one in the US, um, Guild of Music Supervisors, which has been around for a few more years. But there's a lot of proactive work going on there to help establish more diversity and inclusion through internships being partnered with the big streaming services and broadcasters and production companies to help forge inroads um, into music supervision for those who may just have never even been aware that it exists as a career opportunity and yet it is the the crossing point of their passions and they could be incredible at it um, so yeah keeping an eye out for different schemes that will be coming up through those channels and finding companies that represent music that maybe excites you and that you love and then reaching out to them and seeing if there's any opportunities there for um, for an internship or other schemes that they might throw is, is a good way to start out on a path to being a music supervisor. Read our cover story with Kano, Ashley Walters, Little Sims and Michael Wards at crackmagazine.net. Subscribe to Crack Audio Stories wherever you get your podcasts. Crack Audio.